Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star as we get to celebrate one of our favorite days of the year, Mother's Day. How about a big round of applause to all the moms in the room? We'll get to celebrate them here in a few minutes. I am so glad that you are here today. We've got a great, great morning in store, so I'm going to let you get ahead a little bit. Take your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 16 is where we're going to camp out. If you've got your note sheet, it's a great way to keep up this morning. Also, the uh, sermon app, North Star Church, Georgia, in the sermon apps or in the app store, and you can download it and have it available. So, today's going to be fun. Uh, last night, we were able, uh, Casey and Kelsey were both in town together, Mary, Michael, and Jen were able to drive over, and we got to celebrate their mom. Last night, for a lot of you, Ann comes to the 9.30 service, you may be new. So this is our family. Uh, this was it. You're like, you showed that picture. I paid a lot of money for that wedding. All right, and so you're going to see this picture a lot. So those are, you're like, Mike, you have two daughters. No, that's actually Ann. All right, and so I'm just the old guy, the creepy guy beside her. But uh, we got to celebrate her because we are a family because of the glue that she is. She is the one that, Probably people know the least of all of us, but if you know her, you love her because she's the one that makes it work, and uh, she's a special, special lady, and she, she's, I know, over in the nursery right now holding a lot of your babies uh, this morning, and so it's fun. So as we begin this new Echo series, it's going to be a fun series. Over these few weeks, we're going to be doing some different stuff. Um, today, we begin with a character named Lydia. That's, that's just camped out there in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16. And rather than me just telling you, we thought it would be fun to have a mom up on Mother's Day. She's not only a mom, she's a leader here on our staff. She's a, been a, a, a wife now for 19 years. To, I think they'll celebrate their 19th anniversary this summer. And you probably know her from stage, from singing, but today you get to hear her. So would y'all give a great round of applause to Stephanie Ford this morning. He's going to join me on stage. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day Thank you. Thank you. to you. And you have been blessed with a great family. Tell everybody a little bit about your family. Yeah, so as Mike said, uh, my husband Brandon and I actually got married on this stage this July. will be 19 years ago. I think there's a picture of us all up there looking uh, happy together. Um, you know, they snapped us at a good moment. Um, but those uh, four kids there, uh, Eli is a sophomore in high school, Tessa is in eighth grade, Georgia Grace is in fifth grade, and Amelia is finishing first grade. Some of you may recognize Amelia in the pre-service video as the one who said, I love it when my mom takes me to the playground, except she doesn't do it that much. <laughs> I did make note of that. But anyway, I wasn't gonna say anything. I wasn't going to say anything, but we thought today would be great because, you know, there are things that ladies you face, guys don't get, and guys don't understand. And I think even as we unpack Lydia's life, there's going to be some truths that come out of her life that I think we're going to be able to filter out this morning that apply to all of us. So would y'all stand with me today in honor of reading God's Word together, Acts chapter 16. We're going to start reading in verse number 11. So time out before we even get in. This is uh, Luke recording the story paul and his guys wanted to be in asia that was not where god had intended for them to be so they ended up going on this trip all right and i say that to say this none of you are where you are today by accident 
There's a story behind the story of your lives. Because they ended up somewhere they didn't want to be, they meet a lady who her life could have been eternally different if it weren't for this trip. Here we go. Acts 16, verse 11. We boarded a boat at Troas, sailed straight across to the island of Samothrace. And the next day, we landed at Neapolis. From there, we reached Philippi. So Philippi was known during that time as the Rome away from Rome. It was a major, major city center that was the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. And it was there because of its economy and its influence. A lot of trade happened there. A lot of money exchanged hands there. And something else is going to exchange hands in a second. And we stayed there, Luke notes, for several days. Verse 13, on the Sabbath. So as we read through the book of Acts, if you've been at North Star for a little bit of time, as we read throughout the book of Acts, any day on the synagogue, any day on the Sabbath, they would always go to the local synagogue. Well, there was only a synagogue if there were 10 or more males that were Jewish in the area. So we know from this story, they don't go to a synagogue. In fact, they go down to a riverbank because it is a very... Uh, non-Jewish area that they're in. Look at what happened. We went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. We sat down to speak with some women who had gathered, gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. And she listened to us. The Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. So Paul began to preach on the riverbank. Lydia accepts it, verse 15. And she and her household were baptized. She asked us to be her guest. If you agree that I'm a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she, what's the next word? Urged. She urged us until we agreed. You ever met a woman like that? All right, and so she, she gets them to her house. So they go back and visit later after Paul and Silas have been in prison. We'll hit it in a few minutes. Verse 40, when Paul and Silas left prison, they returned to the home of Lydia. There they met with the believers and encouraged them once more. Then they left town. The story of Lydia is left in Scripture. And the echoes of that story are still being felt today, and that's what we're going to talk about. Would you pray with me? Father, in a way only that you can. Father, in a mode only that you can on a packed Sunday at North Star, here in Compass, in the theater, up in the chapel, and so many that are watching online today. We just pray that you would pull up a chair in our lives, that God, you would meet with us, and we would meet with you. And Father, may the lessons we learn from this follower of you be felt way past Mother's Day. So God, speak to us, meet with us, and do your work in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Before you're seated, turn around and find two or three people around you. Wish them a happy Mother's Day, would you? And you can grab a seat.
All right. Steph, you, you, you get the, the honor of doing homework with your children. Time out. How many of you are in the thick of doing homework with your children? Raise your hand. All right. How many of you, you've graduated, your kids graduated and you graduated and you ain't doing no more homework? Raise your hand. Oh, yeah. I got a few of y'all in the room. Sorry, you're still left in that. So you learned something about, it was so funny when we named the series, you're like, oh my gosh, I just read a story the other day. So I unpacked that a little bit, it was really good. Yeah, um, my eighth grader, uh, Tessa, has uh, been writing papers about um, Odysseus and Narcissus, and in all of that reading, uh, there was another story about a mountain nymph named Echo, and Echo's job was basically to distract Hera so that Hera couldn't keep her eyes on Zeus, who was maybe messing around a little bit. And so when Hera found this out, that Echo had been running her mouth to, to distract her, uh, she put a curse on her. And the curse was that Echo, from that point forward, would no longer be able to have words of her own, but would only be able to repeat the last thing that was said to her. And it made me think, in the course of this series and in the course of my life, if my kids could only repeat the very last thing that I said to them, what would it be? And would it be a story worth retelling? Because there's a lot of days that I'm like, hurry up, hurry up, get in the bed, hurry up. Jesus loves you, I love you, good night. <laughs> and I wonder, what do they think that means? And if they were retelling that to someone else, what would that story be? You know, it's so interesting when you think about Lydia. I don't believe Lydia ever meant to be echoed. We echo one of two ways, right? We echo by how we live and how we speak. There are some things about Lydia's life I think we need to get. Ready? Principle number one today. Let's write down some of these echoes that Lydia left for us. Number one, she loved the Lord. On that riverbank, Lydia met her Savior named Jesus, and literally it transformed the rest of her journey. And it's so interesting because Lydia probably didn't need to be there because Lydia was pretty successful in life. And so you spent a little bit of time unpacking her journey and her life. What all did you get out of Lydia? This is really interesting. You know, sometimes when I read scripture, I'm definitely guilty of just just reading it and moving on and not realizing the significance of what the writers here said. And if you look throughout the different translations, you'll see that it says she was a dealer in purple cloth. She was a seller of purple goods. She was a merchant of purple fabric. So why this fixation on the purple? Well, in the region where she came from, the color was known as Tyrian purple. And the way that you made this color purple was to harvest these sea snails from the ocean boil them in giant vats, and then take the dye that they produced and use it to make the purple. 10,000 snails equaled one gram of this color. So a pound of it costs like three pounds worth of gold. So it was really expensive, really hard to get. It was very popular because it was one of the few colors that lasted and didn't fade. And so it was worn mostly at the time by royalty, only one of us is wearing purple today, by the way. Um, I don't know. The Lydia collection. But anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> um, but because of that, we know that she was in the company of people who were very well-to-do. She was very connected. She was basically a CEO of the fashion industry, um, and she was very successful in the world. You know, and Lydia, though, being successful, found herself on a riverbank on the Sabbath because there was something in Lydia's life that was missing. Time out real quick. Yes or no? Can you have everything this world offers and still be missing something? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. That was Lydia. Lydia had it all. Like, she has a house in Philippi. It's not where she's from. In fact, how far is she from home? Oh, she's 300 miles from Thyatira. Basically, be like leaving New York City, the fashion capital, to come to like Ackworth to sell your goods. It made no sense. But something was missing. Nothing wrong with Ackworth. Oh. But anyways, uh, but... <laughs> That was very demeaning. She's but anyways, it's so. She knew something was missing. Incredibly successful, but she was searching for something. But on that riverbank, she surrendered to the Lord. Not five months later, that day. Everything in Lydia's life changed that day. In fact, this is the way Acts 16 says it. She became a true believer in the Lord like she was all in. There was no looking back for Lydia. The rest of her life changed and Lydia becomes a major influence during that region. How many of you, you've done your um, study of your, of your ancestry and have roots in Europe? Raise your hand if you have roots in Europe. Lydia, get this, was the first convert in Europe. So if any faith was passed down the line, it began with Lydia. Steph, you live in that world, you work outside the home, you have a family, you are married, you balance school. How, as a lady, talk to the ladies in here, how has that been? How have you learned to do that? How has that been, dot, 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 hard. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have what your kids wrote. But anyways, I didn't know what you. Um, you know, I remember when my kids were little and, and people who had kids that were older were like, oh, you just wait until, you know, one day, and I was like, oh, I think you forgot what it's like to have littles at home, right? And, and so I think every season I've, I've learned something a little different from the Lord, but I've spent a lot of my life worrying about um, disappointing people or dropping a ball. You know, I, I have this desire to work outside the home. I have people in my life that I want to love well, um, but there's always this feeling of like, I, there's not enough of me to go around. I used to joke that, like, um, that with four kids, like, uh, that, was, that was way more. Like, that adding of one more felt like so much more than four, that there wasn't going to be enough of me, and I was just knowing I'm letting somebody down until I finally reached the point of realizing those balls that I'm worried about dropping, I'm going to drop a ball. The goal for me, and I think for for all of us is to figure out in that moment which of those balls will bounce and which of those balls will break. Mm. 
And that's an easy thing to say, but when you really step back and think about it, there are moments in, in our lives that require us to be all in and require our full attention. Those are the moments that are gonna break if we miss them. There are those other moments where we can ask a friend, a neighbor, a parent, a whomever, hey, can you step in for me for this? Or hey, kids, I'm not gonna be able to be there for that. But I don't just wake up every morning knowing that. I, I think that's part of the Lydia, the searching and the surrendering in order to make that a reality in my life. And that's a day by day piece though. That's not just something that you get right one day and then tomorrow it just carries over. Why is it day by day for you? The searching, surrendering. Yeah, because I think of what you just said and those seasons that we walk through and, and what was a ball bounce for one of my children today is not a ball bounce tomorrow. To, to, if today I'm like, I think you've got that figured out and then I'm not worried about it and then tomorrow some kid is in a crisis and I haven't worried about it. Well, so I'm having to, to seek the Lord and I think in seeking the Lord, the, the same thing is surrounding myself with people who speak that truth back into me and who are living that themselves so I don't feel alone in that journey of motherhood. So here's Lydia, back during this time, so I want you to think about the importance and the wake of what's left from her life. Back during that time, women were not even allowed to testify in court. Like you would not hear the testimony of a woman in court, but yet God said, let me tell you how important Lydia is. Let me tell you who she is in scripture. Is her life changed and that ripple and that echo went out for years that she not only loved the Lord, but look at point number two, ready? She loved her people. She loved her people. She and her whole household were baptized. Now, what scholars don't know, what commentators don't know is who was included in that household. Was she married? Uh, was, her, was she a widow? Here's what we know. Children were involved and those who worked for her were involved. When Lydia said yes to Jesus, the love she had for her people wanted what she had. She loved her people. Now I will say this. So men, not to take anything away from you, I think there's some amazing dads out here. Moms have a capacity to love that men don't have. Can we agree on that? I, I look back at my life, and for some of you, you're like me. I don't look forward to Mother's Day necessarily because my mom's not here. I don't get to call her today. I don't get to hug her today. I don't get to tell her I love her today. She went home to be with the Lord. I talk about her all the time. Why? Because the echo of her faith is still reverberating through my life. You may not know. So this is a picture of my mom. In fact, this is the last picture we had made as a family in December of 2016 at my brother's house for our Christmas party. We all got together before mom and dad. We used to always joke that the gates of Fayetteville closed at like two o'clock and they had to hurry home. And so that's a picture of my mom and dad. That woman beat me about half to death. All right, I just want you to know that. She slapped my leg and you're, how many of y'all grew up avoiding hands flying over the car seat, right? The back seat, mom's always whipping back there. But I loved her because I knew she loved me. And I knew she wanted the best for me. 
And involved in that best was some tough love at times, right? I mean, she didn't, my mom was not real concerned about being the most popular mom on Hickory Road in Fayetteville, Georgia. In fact, she didn't care that all my friends did things I didn't get to do. She loved me enough to point me to the Lord. Stephanie, why do you think moms have a capacity and when God creates people like Lydia that their lives are felt through the lives of so many others? Yeah, I, I know, you know, Mike touched on it a little while ago, and, and for some people, Mother's Day is not this feel-good, you know, touchy holiday you haven't, you don't have a good relationship with your mom or, or, or maybe with your kids. But I think in general, whether you are a mentor or a teacher or whatever role that is that you're playing in someone's life, that capacity to love is given because there's an influence part that comes out of the backside of that. Um, I think that <laughs> parenting is not just about the work that I'm doing in the lives of my kids. That's usually what I'm thinking about is, am I getting this right? Am I parenting them right? Am I making these choices? But it's more about the work that God is doing in my life. I think our, our parenting is, is at its best when we think less about being parents of children and when we think more about being children of God. Because we can't make disciples without being a disciple. And back to that word study, the word disciple and discipline are really related. Now, I don't know about in your house, but in my house, we use the word discipline and rule a lot. Um, but in kind of deep diving in this, the word discipline was never meant to be this, like, follow these rules. The word discipline was meant to be coupled with that of a disciple who was learning from a master teacher. And so in that, I think it's so important to remember that as we are becoming disciples and as we are making disciples, that it does require that discipline of those daily healthy habits of seeking the Lord. You know, and I don't think you can separate the story. I don't think you can separate the who Lydia was with day by day, right? So Lydia led a successful business. Lydia had people that surrounded her and reported to her that felt the echo of her faith. All right, time out real quick. I want everybody to look at me. Wherever God has put you, home, love your people. Work, love your people. There were people that came to know Jesus because they worked for Lydia. And when her life turned to Jesus, their lives turned to Jesus. She loved her people big. Number three, she loved to serve. She loved to serve. We don't know a lot about Lydia. We look at her life and we get traits out of her life. And when I saw this, I thought, and I showed you the picture of Anne earlier, and I think Steph and Anne are big friends. I think Steph would agree. Anne has the gift of serving. In fact, I ran into a couple after the last service. They did not start coming to North Star because they knew me. They started coming to North Star because they worked with Anne. And she just serves 
by her lifestyle. Look at what it says, verse 15. She asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I'm a true believer in the Lord, like they were gonna disagree with that. I think Lydia was in sales, definitely. I, there's no doubt about like, it. If you I mean, agree. She is. And, and she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us. Literally, the word that was used of the disciples on the road, uh, on the walk to Emmaus with Jesus, when he urged them to come and stay with him, she urged them until they agreed. She had this amazing ability to just open her life to somebody. And so as we were sitting and unpacking this the other day, um, we were talking about Paul and Silas even after being in prison and the doors opening and them going and Lydia saying, I want you to come, coming back. And they encouraged them again in verse number 40. We talked about hospitality, how she had this amazing gift of hospitality and you sort of pulled back on that a little bit and went, oh. And so I'm like, all right, what? tell me the story behind that word hospitality or not behind that word hospitality for you. Talk about that a little bit. Um, I, I read a book not that long ago that was talking about decision fatigue and how real decision fatigue is for moms. Um, and I guess it you know, could be said so of dads too, but. I'm a mom, so we'll talk about that. But um, that when you start in the morning, you're already figuring out what are people eating and what are they wearing and what are they, do they have their lunch and do they have their homework and what activities do they have and what time are their doctor's appointments? And like, that's just this never ending cycle. Um, and you take that along with, you know, four kids and, and there's just always something. Like there's always an ear infection or pink eye or somebody's got this or that. And so... The thought for me of hospitality, like having to think about hosting like one more human um, <laughs> um, was exhausting. And I remember that kind of became the habit in our house, you know, um, can so-and-so come over? Or can we have this, you know, can we have this big birthday party at my house? I was like, mm, do you really want to do that? Um, birthdays. Um, <laughs> and so... It, it almost became this, you know, sort of joke that um, I remember my oldest son saying, well, you can't really come over to our house because my mom doesn't like people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> it's true, actually. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but. Hold, hold on real quick. <laughs> Love God. Help me out. I mean, love them. They don't have to come to your house. Oh, there we go. There we go. That's right. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but I, I, I just remember thinking, like, that's just not me. Like, I'm just not good at that. And somebody else can do that. Ann can do that. Um, and um, so two years ago, my father-in-law passed away. He was a pastor. And... Um, lived this really incredibly generous life just with his time and his resources and his words. And um, he had dementia and it came very fast and it, it took his speech and um, it, was, it was just a really sad time. And there, we felt like there was just so much in his life still yet to give. And so my mother-in-law scheduled a prayer service that was gonna be held before the actual funeral, the celebration of life service. 
And the goal of that was just that we would have these ministers who would come and would pray that the best parts of his life would be continued to be passed down to the generation of his kids and his grandkids and his extended family. So I remember we went that day and we knelt in the chapel with some of our close friends and family and the pastor who was there was, was going side by side and Amelia was down at the end and I remember he was talking about you know her and her excitement for the Lord and just everything he said just echoed what I knew as a mom to be true. Like, yes, God, oh, amen. And then I remember he talked about Otessa and her capacity to, to love and to serve people well. And then I remember he got to my son Eli who loves foreign language and wants to travel. And I remember he said, and God, would you, would you use Eli to impact the nations um, and, and help him to spread the gospel. And I just remember thinking, yes, God, do that. That is so in his gifting. And I, I remember he came to me and he put his hands on my shoulders and laid his hand on my head. And he said, and, and for Stephanie, God, would you increase the capacity of her household and would you help her welcome people in? And I literally <laughs> opened my eye like, are you sure? Like, that was for me? And in that moment, I just said, yes, I don't know, I don't know, God, what that was for for me, but yes. And it was about an hour or two hours after that, the actual service was going to start, and we were singing, and the kids were singing, and so we had a little bit of downtime to get that together. And my husband, Brandon, came to me, and he said, I need to ask you a question, and I really already know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. And I was like, okay. And so... Um, the service was in Valdosta, and we had some friends that were up in the Nashville area who were traveling down to come with us. And whatever happened when they got to this area, they both got violently ill with the stomach virus and could find no hotel anywhere and said, we know you're not home. We know you left in a rush. Can we stay at your house? With the stomach virus? Like, are you sure? I don't have a key for you. I don't, there were all these reasons. But I just said, yes, yes. And the big joke was like, wow, God moved fast. Like that was just <laughs> 15 minutes ago, say that prayer. But I, I think in that, what I realized was hospitality, serving, fill in the blank, whatever you want that thing to be, is simply us saying, yes, you are welcome into my mess. You are welcome into my Legos, into my Paw Patrol, into my fill in the blank. You are welcome into my teenage rebellion. You are welcome into my brokenness. You are welcome into my life. In fact, scripture says that's how hospitality is how the Gentiles and the Jews began to have this connection and this relationship with one another. Those kinds of things though, that saying yes to those things that are uncomfortable in your life or that are not a common practice or you don't feel like you're very good at only come when you have these healthy habits of doing them over and over. You don't, you don't just stop doing a, a bad habit and it makes it turn into a good one. You have to replace it with a good habit. You have to replace the language that you're saying to yourself that's not God honoring with language that is I'm reading this book called Habits of the Household, and in it it says, we become our habits and our kids become us. And it goes on to say, our habits won't change God's love for us, but God's love for us can and should change our habits. I believe that when we put ourselves in a posture like Lydia did to hear from the Lord, 
that when we put ourselves in a place that allows us to love our people, and when we say yes to the ways that God is asking us to serve, then our life and the work that we do here with people will echo into eternity. And I know as we sit here today, there's some moms out there that are like, well, that was good for you to say, but I am not right there. I'm not right there either. Life is hard. Parenting is hard. Um, whether they're little or whether they're big or whether, they're, whether you're, they're out of your house, right? I think parenting every day is the most exhausting and rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. And every day I get it wrong. And some days I get it kind of right. And so if, you're, if you feel like that today, I want you to know that you're not alone in that, that God sees you in that. And I want you to know today that if you're sitting here and you haven't yet become a mother and your heart is broken, God sees you in that too. So I would love as we close today in whatever room is, even if you're watching at home, if all the ladies in this space would just stand, I'd love to pray over us and then Mike will close us today. Lord God, you know our stories. God, you know our hurts. Lord, you know our needs. And God, I pray today that you come and meet each woman within the sound of my voice, God, in the place where she is, God, in the doubt, in the discouragement, God, in the not feeling like she's enough, in the not knowing what balls will bounce and which ones will break and how was there enough of me to go around at the end of the day. God, would you hold her arms up when she's tired? And God, would you help her to remember that she is known and she is seen and she is loved by you. And God, as we walk through our days, God, would you continue to help us to seek you, to create these habits, God, that bring discipline to our lives, to make us disciples, God, to make us look more like you so the people coming behind us will look more like you as well. Father, today we thank you for these ladies. God, we thank you that we are here today because of how they've helped shape us through their love for you, their love for their people and the way they serve. God, may they know today they're enough in you. Would everybody stand now? Father, today we read out of a book that's a story of the echoes of generations past. The faithfulness of people who, as Steph said, just said yes. And they made their lives and their homes and their gifts available. And God, the story of Jesus just kept being told over and over and over until it reached us. Father, Father, may our lives now be stories worth retelling. Father, may our faithfulness to you be something that generations to come remember. God, we thank you for today. Thank you for your word and how fresh 
and real it is. And Father, thank you for moms that we honor today. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray.